I I have a better memory than a than a goldfish. <laughs> Apparently, goldfish can remember things for up to five minutes. Uh, it's in the Knicks. You're gonna be. They said that in the Knicks. Oh, the book. Yeah. I thought you were talking about something that it. The sports ball team. <laughs> yeah. The basketball <laughs> reference. So many. So many. So many. Damn books. Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I am Christopher. I'm Drew. Um, ultimately, I feel like Arrested Development deserves a fifth season. <laughs> uh, agreed. Cosign. We are going to be heading into weekly tournament time. Yeah. And so we're very excited to do and cover this wonderful thing. Yeah. We'll have uh, some fun guests along with us. Oh, very much so. Uh, some very cool ones. Maybe people who are competing themselves. Yeah. We don't know. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Well, we never really know what's going to happen. No. No, we never do. Ah. Uh, so, but we do know what's going to happen in this episode, don't we? Yes. Why don't we go with one of our stalwarts? Sure, sure, sure. Speaking of needing to work stuff out this year, I was looking uh all my shelves for something that was just like relaxing and fun and reliable and that I already that I was a reread that something that I knew I could really just like get down with when I needed to tune out from the world uh so I ordered four of the UK special library editions of classic disc worlds uh-huh. uh I picked up Mort Lords and Ladies Guards, Guards, and The Fifth Elephant, which are, I think, probably my four favorites. So you got new covers? Yeah, like the paperbacks that I have at my parents' house are falling apart. My sister took some of them to L.A., I think. So I was like, you know what? It's time. I want a unified set. We're starting here. (laughs) Um, But it also Uh, just like, I got them and I was like, ah, old friends back in the house. I see. Yeah. How about you? Um, I... uh, this I bought or I downloaded and I which is a form of after buying it. Yes. Uh the t- uh tipping the velvet by Sarah Waters. Oh. Which um is so good so far. Cool. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I am I'm listening to it and it's uh read by Juanita McMahon and uh, she's doing an incredible job. Um uh I I think it's the same sort of thing. Like it's a complete escape into cool. a world of, you know, the the narrator's an oyster girl, and nice. she falls in love with a like a sort of vaudeville penny theater character. Anyway, should we also talk about what we're drinking? Oh sure, let's talk about what we're drinking. Yeah. I uh, I bought a bottle of Campari. Nice. Because this is something that you do. This you is see something it on that you sale. do. Yeah, sure. Um, 
and now I have Campari on the mind, and I saw this old recipe for a classic tiki cocktail, mm. the Jungle Bird. Cool. Uh, and you know, we're talking about escapes in some ways. Uh, yeah. So far. There's two tiki drinks in a row. I like it. The drink though is uh is sort of bitter. It's a little sweet, and it's uh, Campari, of course, and uh, blackstrap rum. Um, lime, pineapple juice, and uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it has a nice, it has a nice little sweet kick to it. Yes, uh, and so it's you know bringing us into an entirely different land. Yeah, a warmer which is, land. Is, which is where we're also headed. We're headed to a strange land, aren't we? Yeah. So okay, so this is a c- concept episode. <laughs> right yes one and of what our is trademarked like, concept episodes and what is the concept this time we have been referring to them as in between books yeah well it there are there are these things that you sort of buy it with the idea of like oh it's only 70 pages or it it has a lot of white space on it but it somehow still has this great way of just popping off a shelf yeah yeah it's these weird little books too that that sort of fit in several categories at once and conversely into they don't quite fit into any category they're also sort of the the book that i uh i feel like supporting and buying copies of yeah because they're so strange and i want to ma- i want to support like yeah keep making weird things too <laughs> yeah i mean absolutely. i love the big 650 page commercial novel but i also love the weird 80 page multiple choice test yeah As, yeah when when they play with concept they play with form everything just feels everything feels up for grabs in a way that you almost never get when you're reading something that's 600 pages so we're in alice alejandro zambra and sarah manguso's head for their books and goingness the end of a diary and multiple choice yeah um, respectively and i think each of us kind of brought one of these to the other yes you've been a very vocal proponent of multiple choice on this show yeah i i wish it would had been in the tournament yeah oh, it's boy. really fun it's really interesting and i just recently fell in love with sarah manguso's ongoingness yeah It's it's an interesting book. It starts with her talking about her journal. Yeah. Um, and how she's kept it and, and the ways that it's helped her and the ways that other people have found it. Yeah. And read the whole thing. And then it shifts into something that is much more uh, reflexive and reflective. Yes. Thinking and- about her pregnancy, childbirth, but also like larger philosophical things. But I think it starts in the philosophical, in the like deeper... Um, like existential yeah. well, how holes. Would, how would you classify this book? On the back, it is classified as a memoir. And I think that that's correct. But I think it's also... Because it is, it is, it is the memory of having a journal. That's really what mm-hmm. it's about. Well said. Um, so I think that it's... And, and it really does have... The narrative emerges that she was sort of tortured by time passing in her life and then what cured her of worrying of time passing was 
becoming a mother. Right. And she explains that sort of change in thinking. And that's sort of why I found it so fascinating to read. Yeah, you are not the only person. Um, my girlfriend has been a big proponent of this book. It it has sort of shown, like lots of people cite it and talk about it and they talk about it as being a, like a consciousness shifter for them. Yes, and I would agree with that. Um, keep in mind that this book is 95 pages long. Most of them are are. Some of them are less than sentence, a few sentences. Yeah. So, wh- what, what is- would you classify it as? Because I can see poetry there too. It feels very similar to Maggie Nelson's *The Argonauts* in the idea that it is memoir, it is uh, criticism, it is philosophy. It's like, it's kind of a self-help book. Mm. Um, yeah, it's sort of, it's sort of that life-changing magic of tidying up type thing of like let go of things that don't help you anymore so the one thing i will say is nothing struck me as new in reading this i re i really i did enjoy it and i found uh the way that she writes about things to be fascinating and she has some lovely um quotable moments but the whole time I kept thinking about either the folded clock mm-hmm. where you're actually experiencing the diary. And she does at the end of this book talk about why she chooses to include Which as I much loved. of the diary as she does or doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I also kept thinking of uh, Camus, the myth of Sisyphus. Um, it definitely presented some new ways of thinking about time and making memory uh, for me. Uh, and it was definitely illustrative of a certain way of how motherhood can change thinking yeah which i thought was really beautifully done yeah it's really cool to think about i found myself thinking about like my mom Mm -hmm, me too and my sister who's recently become a mom for the second time you know i i thought that maybe i was gaining at least some small insight into like her wee hour yeah reminiscences or ruminations this this book is such a interesting melding of genres uh and i feel like it is a it's a form that's very popular right now i think that within a couple of years we're gonna see um like an actual grouping of these things that are they read like fiction they have that flow but they are truthful it's like it's not autofiction it's not ben lerner but these books that bring critical theory together with personal experience mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't feel like a narrative like it, it plays with um avant-garde fictional tropes really i mean it's funny to read these two books at the same time and consider them even close to each other because yeah. ongoingness is is a mixture of genres while multiple choice is sort of saying like what if I put my one genre into one other thing? Yeah. Conversely, it is defining a genre that we didn't know was a genre uh-huh. that we are all probably pretty familiar with at this point. A, a multiple cho- a Scantron multiple choice test. That includes truly 
a slight scantron or something in the back of the book that you can actually put your pencil marks in if you want to follow along and yeah. choose choose some answers to these the questions that are being asked which are not even truly real questions yeah my my only critique of this book which is beautifully designed is that i wanted that back page to be tear outable because i did i had my finger in the back the whole time i wanted it to be like perforated or something it should be the back flap oh yeah I yeah think. But yeah, I had my finger in the back so I could flip because I did, I took this test. Uh, okay. It took me like 90 minutes and I took this test. Um, Which is based on a real test. You see in the afterward, there's a there's a test yeah. that um, all the high, skill, high schoolers in Chile have to, have to take. Yeah, the Chilean Academic Aptitude Test, which was taken in December every year from 1967 through 2003 in order to apply to Chilean universities. And so this one is based on the... 1993, yeah. which is the year that Zambra took the test. Right, which makes sense. So it's kind of like an SAT. Yeah, it's um, it has five sections, and uh, anybody who has gone through this will feel eerily familiar. Uh, oh, my God. It's an interesting book for that it's has all of this yeah. but it's not telling a story necessarily through it well it isn't like there's the larger socio-political story that it's telling that it like is not it's not so much a story as it is a snapshot of time interestingly enough and like weird enough in comparison to ongoingness which is sort of about being able to remove yourself from a single moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, and I've read some additional Zombra. I read his short story collection, my documents. Um, and I've read a little bit. I've read a couple interviews with him where he talks about the fall of Pinochet, the return of Pinochet, like the Chilean political system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like the idea that this was based on the 1993 version of the test his experience taking that test and his experience living through this, it's like, it's telling a story without actually telling any of the, the story of what, ha- it's like using everything else to tell You're a seeing story. the reaction yeah. to these things rather than having to see the machinations on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I think that it's interesting in that he's just sort of poking the hole through and butting a little light into an area which is a lot like, you know, Filling in a Scantron bubble. Yeah. As much as we sometimes talk about it, and, and people in the the reader community certainly have strong feelings about it, but rereading is not something that we necessarily do often. Mm-hmm. And usually when we do, it's like, this book that I loved that I read several years ago, a decade ago, 20 years ago, I'm coming back to it. It's not reading something and then like a day or two later, picking it up and flipping through it again. And I think that that's what these kind of books encourage though. Yeah. Is to come back to them pretty quickly. Um, and I think that's why the form is really interesting and why I really want to continue like picking these weird ones up. Yeah, I'm reminded of how many times I've gone back to another Maggie Nelson book and a book we've talked about on this show, Bluettes. Mm-hmm. 
Is it fiction? Is it poetry? Is it an essay? Who knows? It's all of them. It's none of them. Like the the cover of Multiple Choice, um, which shows a, a five-choice question. Is it A, fiction, B, nonfiction, C, poetry, D, all of the above, or E, none of the above? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like... Uh, yeah. Everyone's I have anxiety right now just thinking about like, uh, I don't know which bubble I would fill in. I'll come back to it later. Yeah. Well, there's that there's a repeated phrase that uh, you're not something you're trained. You're not educated. You're trained. Oh, yeah. Which I think that uh, that book is definitely hitting pretty hard that you don't learn information. You learn how to take a test. Right. Well, you know, let's uh, keep checking them out. If you guys have books that like these, like Multiple Choice or Ongoingness or Bluettes that you love and return to, please email them or tweet them or Instagram them to us. Yeah. We'd love to check out more of these little things that we re- can read in between enormous, heavy, heady books. Yeah. And man, I love going through with the little post-its, you know, the little like post-it tabs. Love those. And I just, I tab the hell out of these things. Because then I get to go back and uh, reflect on particular passages that I apparently found meaningful. Mm-hmm. Although present me cannot imagine why. And then I go, ah, ongoingness. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I did it. I said the title of the book. You did it. You win. Woo. All right, so you won. What your prize is, is you get to tell us what you recommend first. Thumbs up. Um, I'll actually recommend another uh, form-busting, genre-breaking book. One of the first that I ever like really encountered, um, and it's a nice callback to Tournament's Past. All right, all uh, right. Just tell us the book title. Billing Stories oh. by Chris Ware. Oh. Um, which is is what a, a book it comes in a box that is probably two and a half feet by 18 inches um it's big you take it, it looks like a board game yeah it does uh in it fact, has people have asked if it is a board game yeah um you can kind of read the pieces within it in in any you can read one order. of them put it back in and go put it back uh it's great and i remember the tournament conversation being so furious about like because it kept winning and people being like this is not a this is not a book and the argument of course was sure it is it's just not what you think a book what you've been trained to understand a book to look like right um right and so still to this day i'll like it's under my coffee table and every once in a while i'll just pull it out and pop a piece out to be like cool Mm -hmm. how about you well, what I'm going to recommend is uh, something that isn't really genre busting at all. It's more its just like way, a very fun the genre of this episode book. Uh, the Impossible <laughs> Fortress by uh, Jason Reculak. Oh, yeah. He's um, the publisher at Quirk in Philadelphia. Exactly. And uh, this book is just 
it's so fun. It's basically a, a sort of a John Hughes movie <laughs> of these three friends who want to buy an uh, a uh, issue of Playboy. Great. That has a, uh, I think Vanna White in it. <sighs> is this is this one of them eighties books? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a fan of Ready Player One. Uh, this is your new favorite book. Cool. Uh, it just came out and it's great. Um, go pick it up. Nice. There's also even there, there, another part of the book is them coding a video game and that video game is you can play it on the web on his website. Oh, cool. Which is a sort of fun little like that. connection fun. to things that I like. Yeah. Listen, we have a lot more still to read before the tournament kicks off. Yeah, and you do too. And so go buy your t-shirt and then go pick up your next tournament read and uh, join us in March. We're going to be having a ton of fun. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's... uh, Even for the people that don't follow the tournament, we will make sure that we think of you guys too. still like books, right? It's still going to be good. Yeah. And you'll learn why it's... The most wonderful time of the year. You know what everyone should really do, though? Oh, I do know. Is they should really go buy our t-shirt. Yes. Go to somanydamnbooks.com. You can click on the get a t-shirt button. The the first wave of them has just gone out, and this second wave is the last wave. The last wave. It'll run through, I think, the third week of March, somewhere around there. And that's it. it's gone. It's Uh like it's back into the Disney vault, except it will never come out. Unless Disney tells us to. Yeah. Or in 25 years when we want to do, like, the, the Platinum Edition. Oh, cool. Yeah. See? You're already excited. Um, you already own The Little Mermaid on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray, and yet, here you are. You're still going to buy it again. It's just, it's just, it just might be too much on the Disney vault. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're familiar with it, <laughs> is what you're saying. And I am too, but it's just too much. <laughs> <laughs>